Welcome to Rethink, the podcast that empowers you to challenge your existing beliefs and embrace new, more productive ways of thinking. Here at Rethink, we believe that the key to self-fulfillment lies in shattering old thought patterns and adopting new mindsets that support personal growth and empowerment. With expert guests and thought leaders from a wide range of fields, we explore strategies and insights that can help you achieve success and fulfillment in all areas of your life. From relationships to career, business ownership, and health, you are the source of your own success. We're just here to help you tap into your true potential and create a brighter future. So join us on the journey of personal growth and empowerment, and let's rethink what's possible for our lives. Today on Things You Should Know, we discuss the quintessential one question. Who am I? Stick around. Here at Things You Should Know Podcast, our focus varies from commonly asked questions like, what are the top email apps for iPhone users? Or how much does it cost to go to Disney World anyway? To the trending topics of the day, such as, are taxes going up or down? And who's Elon Musk? We shed light on things you probably have always wondered about, but you never got around to investigating them yourself. This podcast brings you the answers to your most commonly asked questions and makes you smarter just by listening. Information empowers, and the more information you have, the better decisions you can make, and ultimately, your quality of life is based on the decisions you make. So, thanks for joining the discussion, and make sure that you subscribe today and not miss out on any future episodes of Things You Should Know. Hey guys, welcome to Things You Should Know. My name is Kelly. I'm your host. It's my pleasure to welcome you in each week, particularly this week, as we're really going to take a deep dive into one of life's uh, quintessential questions, something that everyone has asked at some point, and that is, who am I? Uh, you may or may not be surprised to know that this is one of the top things that are actually Googled on a regular basis. People are looking for for answers. And uh, as um, indicated, perhaps by the number of people who are either associated with religious sex and are uh, trying to ask uh, larger life questions, uh, we're going to try and tackle it today. Obviously, uh, you know that this is a uh, deep question and something that's very personal and subjective. But I'm going to give you some ways to approach it, and we're going to look at it from a few different angles. So before we get going, though, I'd like to ask you, call to action each week is relatively the same. Please like, subscribe, and share. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast. If this is your first time uh, you just found us and you like our content, please make sure you subscribe so the next time we have new content out, uh, you'll be the first to know. And uh, if you go ahead and subscribe, you can begin to share our content with your friends and family and associates. Uh, we've got some pretty good content on this particular channel, and we think you'll like it. So hang around. 
uh, those who have been following us since we started. Uh, we appreciate your support and ask you continue to do so. Uh, we post every other day, so there's always new, fresh content. So let's get going. The question, who am I? Who am I? So this is a loaded question. This is something that uh, we've all contemplated, whether you are a young person or a middle-aged person or an older person. At some point in your life, it is an innate thing to question who you are. So when I began to research this, I thought to myself, uh, as a person is asking this question, a few things as we as we put qualifiers on this. Number one, who's asking? Who's asking? And does that really matter? Who's asking? Does it matter if it's a female or a male or a young boy or an old lady? Uh, does it matter if the person lives in a certain region of the world? Does it matter if the person belongs to a certain religious sect? No, no. Uh, in my opinion, it does not. Uh, who am I is a question that is asked by human beings. Uh, it is uh, not um, segregated to uh, an ethnic group or a, uh, a sexual orientation. This is a universal question. And I don't care what language you speak. At some point, I believe you either have asked, wondered, or will ask the question, who am I? So that's number one. Uh, number two, why are you asking? And I think that really is the separator. Why are you asking? Uh, because people could ask the question, who am I, uh, for a number of reasons. For example, uh, who am I uh, to question my boss, my director, my manager? Okay. Who am I? In other words, what gives me the authority to to ask these questions or uh, who am I? Somebody that may wake up from a long coma and they are uh, not aware of who they are. Who am I? What's my identity? But I think for the most part, there are two ways to ask this question that are predominantly uh, the reason why it's asked. And here's my thoughts on that. This is after research and this is after uh, 50 years of living. Okay. Uh, so it is somewhat scientific, but it is also somewhat subjective. So here's my two top reasons why someone would ask this. Who am I can be asked by a person who wants to know their lineage. Who am I as it relates to my ancestors, to my geography, uh, to my personhood, my physicalness, my body, uh, my name, uh, my location on the earth? Who am I? In other words, I'd like to know how I got here. Uh, maybe this person doesn't know their parents, never knew their parents. That's a possibility. Or even if they did, who are their grandparents? Who were their ancestors? What were they like? Uh, and you ask this question because to some degree you believe that who they were can help you understand who you are. Who you are. Um, this question can be asked also from the standpoint of things that you do. 
um, things that you have. Who am I? These these could be qualifiers as to ways to determine in a physical sense who you are. Now, the second way, I think, and uh, hopefully the primary reason people are asking this question is from a larger life, a larger philosophical and yes, a very uh, or a larger spiritual reason. So I'm not um, a, a going to get into religion per se, uh, but I am going to talk to you about um, self-realization, which is a spiritual awakening concept, an idea and a practice. And I do think many people uh, begin to ask that question, who am I uh, pointing towards spiritual enlightenment? trying to understand the reason that they're here on the earth and a hope that they can reach their goals, achieve their goals and do the things uh, that they believe perhaps that their creator uh, allowed them to be here for. Okay. And none of the reasons why you ask, who am I are wrong. They're your reasons. They're fine. They're completely fine. Who am I to want to know who my father was? That's perfectly fine. People want to know who they are. That's great. I think you see, though, as I listed uh, the reasons why people are asking, they got progressively um, higher in terms of consciousness. Uh, I personally have asked all of these types of questions, and I think it had to do with my level of maturity. So the maturation process, as you age, you begin to ask yourself and others uh, more challenging and in-depth questions. So those preliminaries out of the way, uh, let's get into um, some things you should know about discovering who you are. Okay, so who I am, obviously, it's a simple question, but is a complex answer. As I just told you, there are many different ways to look at this. Um, but we're going to first talk about where do I go to get my identity? Where do I go to get my identity? Who am I? Uh, as you go through life, um, answering certain questions, it gives you an idea of who you are and you're looking to establish your identity. So the question is, who am I? It causes each of us to stop and consider what we're actually finding out about our identity. So the first uh, question may be, uh, I am, or, or the first answer to the question may be, I am what I do. You know, my profession. I am what I do. Uh, the question revolves around your work and the accomplishments that you've made in your life. And for most young people, their career and work is their number one source of identity. Uh, that's one reason uh, we're so quickly to ask each other, what do you do? You ever been out to a gathering or after work? Well, this is all pre-COVID, of course. But you ever met someone like on a date for the first time and the, one of the first things you ask outside of their name is, what do you do? What do you do? So whether you're a lawyer or a teacher or you're a stay-at-home mom, it's easy to use what you do as a way to define who you are as a person. Now, the problem, of course, with answering who am I with what you do is that uh, you're 
only basing your identity on something that will, our stress will fluctuate wildly. And when you get the job or promotion or achievement that feels great, that's great. Uh, but uh, I've lived quite a while and I've gone through uh, downsizing and I've seen people go through downsizing and I've seen people lose their jobs. I've seen people lose their mates. I've been to weddings. People were great. I'm a husband. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wife. I'm a, you know, this, that, and the other. And then they're divorced. And all of a sudden I'm not a husband. I'm not a wife. So if you're, trying to establish your identity around what you do and these statuses at some point, uh, these things are going to be challenged and you can run into career setbacks, disappointments and days where you don't get much done and your self-worth, your self-worth can evaporate. Again, causing you to ask the same question. Who am I? Now, the second way people may answer this question is I am what other people say I am. What are are people saying about me? So when you ask the question, who am I? And you're basing your identity on what other people's uh, uh, opinions are about you. Whether it's how many likes you have on a post, God forbid, uh, who wants to date you or how respected you are in your friend group, it's easy to base your identity on what other people are saying about you. Now, when you do this, uh, you'll be happy whenever people approve of you. You're getting a lot of likes and, and, and comments and they're positive. But the moment you're criticized or the moment that you're questioned or it comes across as a dislike, you seem or you sense that your self-worth is crumbling. Again, your identity, your self-worth begins to evaporate. Especially if this is from a primary person in your life. And I've gone through this. Uh, sometimes in a relationship, you know, you, you may get uh, some feedback from your partner, your spouse. And it may not be the feedback that you wanted. And if you are established yourself upon that person's opinion of you, then your uh, self-worth is in jeopardy. You are riding what I call the emotional roller coaster, uh, particularly if that person is very moody and their moods, you know, come and go. Uh, The bottom line is this uh, is a very um, dangerous thing to do to. Uh, allow your self-worth to be established by what other people are saying about you. Now, the other thing that people do is that they say that I am what I have. This is physical possessions. So when you ask the question, who am I? And you begin to answer it, referring to your possessions, both tangible and intangible. You'll find your identity in your social class, your ethnic background, your relationship status, your education, your looks, your clothes, or any other material possessions. You look to these markers to show yourself and others who you are. It's it's sort of establish a value. So, for example, if I drive a, a BMW and I tell people all the time that I drive a BMW, this has become sort of a status symbol for me. Well, maybe I think that makes me uh, more prevalent in their eyes. That's who I am. But what happens when I no longer have The BMW. Who am I then? And when you base your identity on having all of the right things, 
You may be happy for part of your life, but eventually, one or more of these things will slip away, whether through change or loss or ultimately death. This will cause your self-worth again to evaporate. It'll plummet your feeling of importance, your confidence. There will be loss there. There will be uh, less self-importance and and worthiness. And it may make you feel a little out of control in your life. So, again, it brings you back to the question of who am I? Now, all three of these areas, what you do, what people think of you and what you have are okay. They're naturally good. But when you take them and you make them your identity, um, there's not a solution. That's not a definitive answer to your question. In other words, it's temporal. It will fade. It will fade. You'll always be on an emotional roller coaster trying to maintain some sense of value. Let's take a quick break. Hey, I'm going to get you back to that episode really quick. I know you're enjoying the podcast. I wanted to say thank you, break in really quick to say thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Three things really quickly. Number one, thank you for listening. Number two, please go down in the show notes. We have a new um, way to communicate, and it is through text. So we'd love to hear from you guys. So please send us a text message when you're done listening to this episode. We'd love to know what your thoughts are. And then lastly, please go into our digital store. We've got a lot of digital products there that can help you be supported throughout these content deliveries throughout the podcast. There are ways for you to download these worksheets and ebooks and different things that can help really solidify some of the content that we talk about here on Rethink Podcast. Thank you guys so much, and I'll get you back to your episode. Uh, I've lived long enough to have gone through much of this. Um, and I have seen other people go through, uh, the things that I have not personally gone through. So I bring in this information to you because I believe it's factual. It is less scientific and more, um, experimental in terms of, uh, people, you know, when, when you have close friends or relatives who are, who are older and they've been through certain challenges, when they tell you about those challenges, you understand the sensitivity of the challenges and you know that something like that exists. It's not so much scientific. It's a testimonial. So you understand that life can present you with challenges. Uh, some of the other ways that people are asking and answering that question, who am I? Again, uh, it, it can go to uh, identity, such as being a father or a husband or an engineer, uh, a passenger, a patient. Uh, But who am I? It keeps you creating identities about yourself. It keeps you creating identities about yourself if you're going to do it in a physical sense. And it's been said that the suffering that we experience in life is because we don't know our true identity. So we're going to go a little deeper now. You can feel we're going to go a little deeper and kind of 
take it from the physical into a spiritual realm where I believe that this question uh, can only be answered. Now, you may have started off Googling, who am I to, you know, do one of these, um, uh, what is it, the, 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 the uh, Ancestor.com type situations where you say, okay, that my people come from South Africa or Northern Africa or Ireland or Scotland. Okay, great. But at some point, as you matriculate through your life, you're going to ask this question to yourself in a different way, in a deeper way, and you're going to expect and you're going to desire a deeper understanding of who am I? Who am I? And what is my value to uh, the universe, to the to this earth and to people around me? So we're going to kind of get into this uh, a little deeper now. Now, there are some questions that um, when you're answering who am I, uh, these questions can also be generated. Uh, For example, what should my goals in life be? What should my goals in life be? Well, you can't really answer that unless you know who you are. The problem with answering that question and not knowing who you are, which we all do, we all do, we all do this out of order. And I'll tell you why. I'm not going to get off into the weeds because I'll start preaching. But we live in a cookie cutter society where um, it's grade school and high school and college and then work and then marriage and career and then retirement and then death. And everybody sort of follows that path and nobody ever questions getting off of that road. And if you do, the people who are on that path look at you like, you know, there's something really, really wrong with you and society doesn't embrace you. Uh, how could you drop out of high school and why don't you want to go to college? And I don't understand. You don't want to be married. You hear this stuff all the time. Why? You're challenging what's considered normal and none of it is normal. Whatever a person wants to do outside of harming someone else is fine. It is okay. Why should it matter if your daughter doesn't want to be married? Why should it matter if your son is gay or wants to, you know, go to uh, a third world country and help them find water? Why? Perhaps that's his life's purpose. The problem is, is you're uncomfortable because that's not what you saw for him. We're going to get off of the road. But let's get back to the questions. What should my goals in life be? Um. Do you ever uh, want to discover your true self? Who am I really? What's the scientific understanding of who am I? Do I want to know that for myself? Do I want to know about self-realization? And before we get going, I'm not trying to recruit you into anything. Don't think this is going to end up with some phone number you can call to join a club. No. Relax. Don't have a stroke. This is only for your information only. If at the end of this podcast, none of this resonates with you, go on to the next one. Uh, There's no recruiting. There's no phone number. There's nobody to talk to to get you in some sort of group next week. None of that. This is for your information only. If you decide that you want to further uh, your understanding of who you are uh, through spiritual practices, uh, through meditation, through yoga, through whatever it is that you do or want to do, you're going to have to take up that mantle and move forward on your own. I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to recruit you into anything. Because I'm not. I'm only explaining to you what these what this information is. Uh, What's the importance of self-realization? 
How is it beneficial to me? Um, is spiritual enlightenment possible? Um, what is spiritual enlightenment? So when you begin to ask, who am I on a deeper level? These are some questions that can come up. Now, um, let's talk about self-realization. Let's talk about self-realization. So there are a number of religions that are practiced around the world, first and foremost. I'm not going to go into all of them. Uh, I don't necessarily practice any particular religion. I think that they are all uh, key pointers to the spiritual life that we should all be living. Uh, I separate religion from spiritual practices, from spirit. They are they are separate. Uh, we can create another podcast to talk about why. But just for now, uh, you'll have to take that on face value. Uh, you have your Hinduism, your Buddhism. Uh, you have your Christianity, your Islam, uh, Muslims. Uh, that's all fine. That's all great. We're not going to go into that today. What we're talking about, more importantly, is you. Like just you. If there was no Bible, no Bhagavad Gita, no Quran, none of these books, who would you be? Who would you be? Um, do you ever consider where do you go when you sleep? Do you ever consider who you are when you're awake? Uh, these are deep sort of um, questions that come out of who am I? Uh, there is a or was a spiritual teacher, and he is highly uh, acclaimed in the um, Hindu and Buddhist circles, and that is Sri Rama, Sri Ramna Maharashi. And there's uh, a lot of work and and uh, that uh, and publications that were done in his time period. And since there have been many teachers who teach about these practices, and I'm bringing this up to you because um, we're going to talk a little bit about self-realization and self-inquiry was, uh, in a, in a uh, sense, one of his uh, specialities. He's not the only one. Uh, I grew up in Christianity, uh, Southern Baptist Christianity. Um, and so Jesus, of course, it's a, it's a huge part of my upbringing and understanding the Trinity and these sorts of things. I've read the Bhagavad Gita. I have read the Quran. I've read uh, the Bible. Uh, and uh, while I don't profess to understand all, I notice a lot of similarities in terms of the importance of faith and believing, but also saw that there was uh, doctrine associated with all these things. So, for example, if I consider myself a Christian, I've indicated to the rest of the world, to the rest of the religions, that this is the way to go. Your way is not right. This 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 ship is one that's going to take you to where you want to go. You're on the wrong boat. And if you don't believe that's the case, you have but to study uh, history particular religious history, uh, there have been no greater wars fought. 
than those uh, in the name of God. The dark ages, uh, these times were filled with a lot of uh, either you believe in this or we're going to kill you type of situation. So doctrine became a way in which uh, the powers to be could control the people and it's massaged into religion uh and for the most part, in my opinion, to allow people to feel good about it because you can use words like God said and it makes everything OK. Now, if you don't believe any of that, fine. Uh, we're still friends. Uh, but in terms of self-realization, none of that applies. We're only talking about you. And what you believe. So back to Sri Ramana Maharashi. There's some work that was done around 1902 by um a uh, young man who graduated in philosophy uh, out of um, oh, the university. Well, this doesn't state the, the university that he uh, came from. It does say that he was employed by uh, the Revenue Department of South Akrat Collaborate. Uh, he went to visit uh, Sri Ramana Maharashi in 1902 to ask some pivotal questions, basically about life. Self-inquiry, self-realization. Who am I? He sought from his spiritual guidance and uh, solicited answers to questions relating to these particular topics. As uh, Sri Ramana Maharashi uh, was not talking then, and not because of any vow that he had taken, but because he did not have the inclination to talk, he answered the questions uh, put to him by gestures. And when these were not understood by writing, it's recollected and recorded by this young man, Sri uh, Pila, P-I-L-L-A-I. There were 14 questions. We're only going to cover a few. There were 14 questions that were answered and given by Sri Ramana Maharashi. Uh, this record was first published by Sri Pali in 1923, along with a couple of poems that were composed by Himself relating to Sri Ramana Maharashi's grace operated in his case by dispelling his doubts and by saving him from a crisis in his own personal life. So while he was going, uh, Sri Pali really wanted to know, uh, who am I and what are the purposes of, of life? As all living beings desire to be happy, uh, without misery, as in the case of everyone that has observed supreme love for oneself and its happiness alone is the cause for love in order to gain the happiness, which is one's true nature and which is experienced in the state of deep sleep where there is no mind. One should know one's self for that the path of knowledge, the inquiry of the form, who am I is the principal means to this path. So the first question that he asked was, who am I? This is our major uh, question for today. Who am I? And here's the answer. So the gross body, which is composed of seven, what they're calling humors, H-U-M-O-U-R-S. Uh, I am not uh, the five cognitive senses. I am not the five cognitive senses. The sense organs being the senses of hearing, touch, sight, taste, and smell, which apprehend their respective objects. And that's vision, 
sound, touch, color, taste, and odor. So he's saying, I am not these things. I am not these five senses. Okay. Well, if I'm not these, then who am I? After negating all of the above mentioned, not this, not this, that awareness, which alone remains, is what I am. So let's, that's simple, but it's complex. So let's kind of go through it again. So its initial response was, I am not this. I am not my five cognitive sense organs. The organs of speech, locomotion, grasping, excretion, procreation, which have their respective functions, speaking, moving, grasping, excreting, and enjoying. I am not these. The five vital airs, energy, which perform respectively the five functions of in-breathing, exhaling, etc. I am not these. Even the mind which stinks, I am not. If you follow... Um, um, Sadhguru, uh, which is pretty uh, popular, uh, he is uh, in the East. He does come to the West uh, to teach as well, Sadhguru. Uh, he has uh, many practices, and I have practiced before with them. And what he says is, I am not my body. I am not my mind. But see, the problem is many people think that they are. So when you're forming your identity, you're forming it around your body. For example, I am an athlete. You know, someone's described themselves on match.com. I am athletic. I am five, seven. I weigh 125 pounds. I am, you know, I have long hair, these sorts of things, which, which is fine. But uh, I think you should know that's not really who you are. Ultimately, you are not your body. And uh, like Sri Ramana Maharashi is saying here, ultimately, you are not your mind. Um, you are not the science that makes up the impressions and the expressions of your physical residence. So having said that, if I am not these, then who am I? Well, he's saying what remains, what remains, what awareness remains after you go through the disqualifiers of what you are not. And that's who you are. Now, we call this awareness. What is the awareness? The awareness, the observer. These are similar. What is the nature of awareness? Well, the nature of awareness is existence, consciousness, bliss. Existence, consciousness, bliss. And when will the realization of self be gained? Okay, so now we're getting into so how do I do this? I understand this, Kelly. You're saying, okay, I need to. Uh, uh, think a little deeper and, and disqualify some things and I can get to awareness and then, but how do I gain self-realization? The answer that Sri Ramana Maharashi gave was when the world, which is what is seen has been removed, there'll be realization of the self. The self will be the seer. So say for example, you could, uh, be aware right now that you are Susan in in the world that we live. You are Susan and Susan has thoughts, but she's not her thoughts. And as Susan thinks something is aware of the thoughts. 
Now, if Susan was thought, she would not be aware that she was thinking. But the fact that she's not thoughts and there's an awareness, there's an observer, there's a seer, there's something in the background aware of Susan's activity. What is that? What is that? Um, will there be or will there not be realization of the self even while the world is there? And he says, no, there will not be. The question is why? Well, the seer and the object seen are like the rope and the snake. Just as the knowledge of the rope, which is the substract, will not arise unless the false knowledge of the illusory serpent goes. So the realization of the self, which is the substract, will not be gained unless the belief that the world is real is removed. All right, next question. Then will the world, which is the object seen, be removed? When the mind, the answer, when the mind, which is the cause of all cognitive uh, learning and, and thinking, and all this action becomes quiet, the world will disappear. So this lends the question, what is the nature of the mind? What is the nature of mind? What is called mind is a wondrous power, and it resides within the self. It causes all thoughts to arise. Apart from thoughts, there's no such thing as mind. So in other words, mind's only job is to provide us with thoughts. And just as a, a marker here, many people believe that their thoughts, they generate all their thoughts. Thoughts are just in the atmosphere, in the ether, and you can gravitate and pick them up. Uh, and it's a different way to think about uh, thoughts as opposed to you just generating. Thoughts are just out there. Therefore, thoughts uh, are the nature of mind. Apart from thoughts, there's no independent entity called the world. In deep sleep, there are no thoughts. In deep sleep, there are no thoughts. And there's no world. In the states of waking and dream, there are thoughts. And there's the world also. So, just as the spider emits the thread or his web out of himself and again withdraws it back into himself, likewise the mind projects out the world out of itself and again resolves it into itself. When the mind comes out of the self, out of you, the world appears. Therefore, when the world appears, it appears to be real. The self does not appear at the same time. So either it is the world, the dream, the manifestation, or the self, not both at the same time. And when the self appears, the world does not appear. When one persistently inquires into the nature of the mind, the mind will end leaving the self. What is referred to as the self, uh, this is a uh, Hindu term, it is called the Atman. A-T-M-A-N. The mind always exists only in dependence on something gross, something larger than itself. It cannot stay alone. It is the mind that is called the subtle body or the soul. Okay. So um, I'm going to probably cut it off there, although there's a little bit more because this can be a little complicated and I want to 
take my time with it. And um, I feel like uh, I need to spend a little bit more time going through some of these concepts if you guys are interested in it. Uh, but it gets us to a certain point. Okay. This gets us to a certain point, And I think you understand uh, where I'm going. And I think for the most part, we've done as much as we can today to talk to the question, who am I? So let's summarize. We talked initially about uh, why someone would be asking this question. Who am I? They could be asking, you know, waking up from a coma. They have amnesia. They could be a small child. Uh, they could be having a spiritual awakening. They could be trying to find out their ancestors, etc. They want to know who their ancestors are in order to have a feeling of who they may be or who they may become. OK. Um, and there's value there uh, because. um Examples are important. If you see as a young person of color that there are many other people of color being successful, then irregardless of what people say, you know, there's a possibility that you can also be successful. So there's there's no problem there. But that's why somebody may ask. Also, people may ask, uh, who am I by using uh, physical um, surroundings to answer the questions? They may answer the questions by saying, I am what I do. Or I am what people say I am or I am what I have. That's going to impact your life. We talked about how that can leave you uh, exposed and your self-worth can be exposed and potentially evaporate. And then lastly, we got into self-realization, uh, understanding really. Uh, well, we didn't go through the whole path, but uh, we got far enough to understand uh, the question who I am from a, from a spiritual sense. And we started talking about the self and the seer. Now, I'm going to leave you with this last piece, uh, self-realization. We didn't really give a definition. I'm going to give you a definition for self-realization. Self-realization uh, is, uh, in, a, in a spiritual sense, is the understanding that ultimately all things are circular. And here's what I mean. I don't want to scare some of you off, and I think some of you uh, may um, find this difficult to, to comprehend. So that means you need to do some study and some work on, you know, on your own to validate this. Uh, but in spiritual circles, self-realization is simply the understanding of who you are from a spiritual standpoint. And at the end of the day, self-realization comes around to your knowing yourself as part of the whole. You are to the um, uh, universe as a cup of water is to the ocean or a wave is to the ocean. So the bigger part of who, if you call it God or the universe or source or whatever you refer to your deity as you are to that as a wave is to the ocean and realizing that it can positively impact your life. Knowing that you have the power of the ocean behind you, you have similar um, you have similar characteristics uh, to the ocean. You have similar care. You are the universe experiencing itself. You are a unique and individual expression of the universe. You are that's self-realization. You are a unique individual expression of the universe. You are the way in which the universe has decided to express itself right now for whatever reason it's decided to do it. 
You are the way. So through your hands and through your eyes and through your emotions and through your sensory organs, you are the way in which the universe is expressing itself right now. The universe is inside you as much as you are inside the universe. Okay. So if this challenges you, I hope it does. I hope it challenges you to do more study, to do more investigation. And this is the way we all learn. Well, uh, guys, we're running a little long today, but I think it was worth it. I really enjoyed this topic, as you can see. Uh, again, this is a um, very um, uh, popular uh, search term on Google. So I know that many of you are interested in talking about this. So that means we're going to do a part two where we're going to get a little bit more in detail. So I appreciate you joining me today. I hope you have learned something here at Things You Should Know. And if you listen all the way through, first of all, thank you so much. Secondly, please give us a review. It really helps out our podcast. And lastly, if you've not subscribed, please make sure you do so. And most importantly, I want you to have a great day. This is Kelly. I'll talk to you soon. That's all for today's episode of Rethink. We hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of new ideas and perspectives and found valuable insights and strategies that you can apply to your life. Remember, you are the source of your own success and fulfillment. And by embracing new ways of thinking, you can unlock your true potential and yes, create the life that you truly desire. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to support the podcast by sharing it with your friends, your family members, your loved ones and associates, and even your followers on social media. Also, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Lastly, don't forget to check out our show notes for free downloads and empowering ebooks that can help you on your journey of personal growth and empowerment. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We look forward to exploring more ideas and insights with you in the next episode of Rethink.